This is The Big Show with Gordon Monson and Jake Scott, presented by Big O Tires. Stop by your locally owned Big O Tires for no credit needed financing and the best prices on winter tires. Big O Tires, the team you trust. This is 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. It's The Big Show, Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5, 1280 The Zone, live from the warehouse here in Salt Lake, 1825 South, 300 West. Don't forget about the Orem location as well, 86 East University Parkway. We're going to talk to our friend Howard Beck coming up here momentarily. Gordon, we'll get Howard's thoughts on the all-star draft that we saw last night. And uh, we'll ask him uh, kind of his take on the first half of the season for this uh, this Jazz team. Yeah, yeah, look forward to it. I mean, it's it's been quite a ride. Yeah, it has been quite a ride. A lot of good basketball, that's for sure. Yeah. Um, a lot more wins than losses. It was interesting as, you, you know, we replayed the Joe Ingles conversation earlier from DJ and PK, but, you know, Joe talked about his first year here where they won 25 games total in his first season and uh, how much better it is. You could tell in his voice, you know, just how much better it is for him that, you know, he's like, hey, we've won more than 25 already. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. A little bit different, you know, a little bit different of a feel. I'll- how surprised are you that it has gone the way it has? I mean, what what did you think uh, it was going to look like? I mean, we're talking about maybe five fewer wins. Uh, I mean, th- we thought they would be good. I mean, wh- wh- how much better are they? How much have they exceeded your expectation? So I'd be lying if I told you that I thought they were going to have the best record in the league by this point. Yeah. I don't know who expected that. So. If anybody said that they did, they're they're probably not being truthful. But I I honestly thought the Jazz were top three in the West. I mean, I had them top two in the West before last year, and that didn't didn't work out for a variety of reasons, which we've you know discussed many times on this show. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't know, Gordon. How how surprised would that be? Uh, breaking it down into components, I'll tell you what I'm surprised about. I'm not surprised that they're elite offensively. I expected that. I'm surprised that they're elite defensively. That that surprises me a little bit. Yeah, yeah. I, I hear you. All right, let's get to it. It's time for your daily assist. Austin, hit it. It's time for your NBA fix. This is the Big Show Daily Assist. Featuring all the latest news and insight on the association. Now joining the Big Show. Senior NBA writer for Sports Illustrated, Howard Beck, on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Howard, happy Friday. How are you? Doing well, guys. How are you? Hey, we are doing great. Uh, Quick, I, I guess this is more of a question of a personal nature. When you were growing up playing basketball with your buddies on the playground, were you the type of guy that got picked first? Or the type of guy that got picked last? <laughs> I was the guy who just was happy to be there and <laughs> trying not to get killed in the process. So, um, speaking of which, and I already expressed my concerns to Austin before you guys brought me on the air. I just want to make sure, is everything okay? Were you guys able to get into work all right? Did those, the rioting in the streets <laughs> did not did not prevent you from getting where you needed to go or, or, or it threatened you in any way? I just want to make sure everyone's all right. No, 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 Howard. That's not the way it was at all. Everybody was laughing along with LeBron, thinking it was so funny and kind of just having a good time with the whole thing. With I the, just mean uh, it was like a it was a tough week. I mean, LeBron was the final insult. That was after the referees and just like it's been a it's been a tough week. I just I want to I'm just I'm concerned for you and everyone out there that everything everybody's okay because I know it's it's been tough and I've already dug a huge hole for myself for the rest of the show now (laughs) well see it's been easier for jake than it has been for me howard because jake uh jake was taking the uh the the populist sort of position saying yeah the jazz have been mistreated blah 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 and i was saying they should just quit crying and play hard and win you know wow and 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 you're still allowed to live there i'm surprised uh, (laughs) they didn't banish you to like you know arizona or colorado or somewhere else nearby oh believe me i've uh, i've had the uh pitchforks and the torches show up before so uh anyway (laughs) it it, you're right it's been kind of a crazy week around here the jazz who were 
So, uh, so everyone around here is so pumped up about the Jazz, and then to see that last game against the Sixers, that was kind of a big game, man, and they wanted to not fall uh, three times in four games. And it was weird how the game went. I think there were blown calls in that game. I just don't think that there's some kind of issue where certain people are out to get the Utah Jazz. That's my opinion. Yeah, and so, look, I mean, obviously all of my facetiousness aside, um, and I certainly understand, you know, why Jazz fans would be upset and why the Jazz themselves were, were upset. And, you know, there were, it was, there were some moments officiating-wise that were not ideal, that happens every night in the NBA. It happens to every team in the NBA. It happens in every market in the NBA. And if 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 fans are upset about the way the game went, I don't blame them. If, if the if the Jazz are upset, they certainly were. I don't blame them. I there's no conspiracy though. I mean, you guys know me on this. Like I there's nobody. And I, I can't remember who mentioned this earlier today, but it was like if you're going to buy into the idea of a conspiracy against the Jazz or a small market team or whatever, it wouldn't be for some random game in March. It would be during the playoffs. Like, if we're going to have a conspiracy, let's at least have a good one. Like, if it's about trying to shaft the the uh, small market team for ratings purposes, well, that you would do that in the playoffs. You wouldn't do it now. It's just it's ludicrous. Um, I think it's somewhat concerning, frankly, to, to hear your stars um, go that direction. It's one thing to – I don't mind anybody ever complaining about the refs. If you think on a given night that the refs just blew it, because, like, the refs are human. Sometimes they blow it. They'll tell you that themselves. Um, they make mistakes. Uh, the last two-minute report did not indicate that they had made the mistakes that the Jazz thought they did. But it, it's, it, it is human error. It's not agenda-driven. There's no conscious effort here. And, by the way, Joel Embiid had 40 and 19. <laughs> I think that should be the greater concern if you believe that, you know, that that's a team you might someday hopefully face in the finals that, you know, or maybe you just feel grateful that you don't have to face them very often because they're in the other conference, but Joel and be going for 40 and 10 and their other uh, stars playing really well that night. That's, that's really more the story when it comes to the basketball part of, of that game. And, and Howard, don't, uh, as wonder, wonderfully accurate as Gordon's assessment of my opinion was, <laughs> don't, uh, don't uh, get, misunderstand. I, I don't know if somebody's thinking that there's some, you know, grand conspiracy. You know, the Wizard of Oz is pulling the strings that the Jazz are going to lose. But, you know, if it, what it felt to me like with that post game was a culmination of some frustrations that have been going on. And, and Austin said, or Austin, excuse me, I've got Austin Horton on the brain. Uh, uh, Donovan said as much, you know, he said, we've been putting up with this and it's happened during wins as well as losses. And he made it sound like it was, you know, more than just that Philadelphia game uh, per se. And I would say if, if the, the jazz or I'm trying to sum this up right, but it seems to me that teams have figured out that if they beat the Jazz up and play them more physically, they're not going to lose by 20. And so these teams are coming out and they're getting away with pushing the Jazz around and what are technically fouls. And that's where I felt that some of the frustration as it came from from them. But let me ask you this. Is that the book on the Jazz, that you beat them up and you play them physically, especially around the perimeter? I don't know if there is a book on them yet. Um, that's as good a theory or, or, or maybe approach as any. Um, I'm not sure if there is any one thing you would do. Um, you know, look, it, it was it was a difficult game for them. I mean, Donovan Mitchell going 12 for 34 is is in itself an issue. Now, is that because of the physical style of play that you're alluding to? Um, did Donovan go solo a little too much? I mean, there were times in that game in general – where and this is not just about Donovan Mitchell, but there were moments in that game or stretches in that game where I thought, man, this is not the Jazz offense that's gotten them so many wins this season. Like it, it felt like the ball was sticking a lot more the other night. I don't know if you guys felt that, mm-hmm. but um, you know that, and that's that's the potential vulnerability of a team that really relies on a ton of ball movement is that, or, or not. I should say it this way: a team that relies on ball movement instead of just superb individual playmaking abilities, right? We've talked about this before. Donovan Mitchell, incredible individual playmaking, scoring, and uh, and just get your shot at any time ability. But he's the only one who can do that. And everybody else functions best when they're all moving in sync as a unit. 
and the ball's pinging around and it's throwing defenses off balance and it gets guys open shots that they wouldn't necessarily otherwise get on their own. If you can stymie that or if you can just lull the Jazz into playing too much isolation or not moving the ball much, well, it's going to deflate a lot of the roster because most of those guys can't just manufacture on their own. And to me, the other night, there were too many stretches when that was happening. Yeah, the other guy who can do it is Jordan Clarkson, uh, Howard. Yes. But uh, but you're right. They prefer to have that ball, as you say, pinging around. Let me ask you this. Do you think that the players, the All-Stars, care about where they're drafted? Was that embarrassing for Donovan Mitchell and Rudy Gobert? Do you think what, – what, what did you make of that? And Is it significant? It, these are very proud men, you know. They, yes. I mean, it, I wonder if it, it ticked them off. So – you know, we're going to do a lot of mind reading in this particular subject. Um, so, uh, you know, I caveat this with, I, I, you know, I don't know for sure. But a couple things have struck me, struck me in the moment last night and have, and have, and have occurred to me since. One is, to your question, yes, I do think it matters to the players. Yeah, From the time these, these guys were kids, you know, they didn't want to be picked last and probably never were <laughs> picked last for anything in their whole lives, even though – it's an all-star draft. It is, if not the 24 best players, at least 24 of the best players. And if you're in that group at all, it's an honor. So to be picked last should not be any great shame. However, nobody wants to be picked last. <laughs> Anybody, ever. Um, and also, by the way, within that 24, you're looking at the other guys and going, wait a minute, I'm after him? It's not even about being picked last. It's, <laughs> it's like, it, 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 like every single one of these guys – they know there are certain guys they absolutely are better than. There are some guys they think they're better than but might not be, might be close. And there's some guys that they know. Like if they look at, like if LeBron weren't in the player pool, well, just say Giannis, say. If you're picked behind Giannis, you're like, ah, he's the two-time MVP. I can deal with being picked behind Giannis. But when it's, you know, that, that tease where it was like, oh, I need some size, so um, I'm going to take Sabonis. <laughs> and Rudy's on the board. That – I, here's where the mind reading comes in. I don't want to go too far with this. That kind of felt intentional. Like that seemed like a setup. And I think for the Jazz, uh, for, from their standpoint, if Donovan had been picked, you know, whatever, fourth or fifth pick of the reserve draft, and Rudy was last, and this is an all-star game where offense reigns supreme, right? Like nobody, most guys aren't even getting into this game aren't even all-stars based on their defense. They're all all-stars based on their offense primarily. And Rudy, to his credit, is the exception to that. But if you're thinking about an all-star game, you're not thinking about, oh, who am I going to get to the best defenders? Nobody's playing defense in an all-star game. So it makes sense that Rudy might be last. I, like, I think that's, a, that, that's fine. That is not a, a mark of shame or dishonor. That they were both the last two and that it almost looked like they were being steered around and that Vooch went before them, and that Sabonis went before them, and that they were literally the last two guys? I don't know. Like, I don't, I'm not saying Durant and LeBron planned it this way. I don't think they did. But uh, even me, the, as you guys know, the most nuanced, least conspiratorial-minded person who does not usually buy into a lot of this stuff, I'm looking at it going, man, that was rough. And and like I think they should be more offended by that than anything that happened with the officiating, even though the officiating was a more uh, impactful thing to their actual, uh, you know, face of the season than than a silly All Star draft. Howard, going away from the Jazz for just a moment. Blake Griffin bought out today by the Pistons. Does he have enough left in the tank to be a contributor to uh, to a title contender out there? I, I think doubtful, but. Um, maybe in a limited role. I mean, scouts I talked to about Blake a couple weeks ago when they first decided to shelve him, um, the, the, the reports on him were really bleak, just that he looked done, that um, it was painful to watch him play, that it's uh, it, it just there's nothing left there. Now, that said, he's playing on a team that was going young, that was not featuring him, and where – there's no hope of the playoffs. Is it possible that Blake Griffin still has a little left in the tank and that if you put him in a different environment on a contender in the right role, that he'll be re-energized and there's, there's another gear there? Maybe, but he's been through a lot physically. Like, he's not that old, but he's just been through a lot physically, injury-wise, surgeries, and he might just be 
kind of cooked. But Blake is a guy who, over the years, you know, showed himself to be a great playmaker, you know, uh, from a, a variety of spots on the court. He can play on the perimeter a little bit. His jump shot, you know, when your legs go, your jump shot goes. And so the jump shot hasn't looked as good. But he's, at, you know, at his best has been a decent mid-range jumper and can hit the occasional three. He's never going to be a high flyer again. That's that's not going to be his game. Like the, That Blake Griffin is gone. But he can still be effective in a limited role. And there are teams that really need – just some reinforcements in the front court. I think he's, you know, probably a, a, a an off the bench guy. I think he's probably a 15 to 18 minutes guy. But if you can get the best out of him in that role, some playmaking, a little shot making, and he's been around. He's he's you know played in a ton of playoff games. He's a good you know just you know got the experience to bring to the locker room. I, I can see it. So yeah, I think he will help, but not not in the way that we once would have thought about Blake Griffin helping. Howard, I don't know if the Jazz are one of the best teams in the league. I, I think they are one of the best. I don't know if they're the best or how that's going to go. I, I'm curious, just like we all are, to see how they do in the postseason. But knowing, back to the question about pride, knowing how much these guys care about that sort of thing and their own identity and, and what they're able to accomplish, these guys are good. The Jazz are really, really good. So I'm wondering – with the happenings of this last week, do you think that will motivate them to kind of get together and say, hey, man, look, the only way we can fight any of this is just keep on winning? Does that work for an entire team, or is that overrated? Because Jake and I were talking earlier about Michael Jordan, the greatest player ever, and he used to grab a hold of whatever little hook he could to swing forward with momentum. What do you think? Well, yeah, and, and you know, look, we've seen this over the years. You know, elite players often will find any little, uh, you know, potential grievance, you know, manufactured, imagined, or, or real, whatever. They will they will seize on to, to keep themselves motivated or give themselves a little extra edge, and like that's that's real. The psychological part of the game is real. Constantly finding a way to give yourself another edge or to to to, to pump yourself up and, and and give yourself that that extra little jolt. It's necessary in a long season. Um, here's the danger of where the Jazz are with this, this whole thing, especially with regard to what was said the other night about the officiating and about lack of respect and all this. It, it's the way you channel it. So if I were Quinn Snyder or if I were somebody leading that, that franchise, I would, I would frame it the way that you just did, Gordon. It would be more about, listen, you want respect? Go out and earn it. Um, Maybe we haven't earned it yet. We just got to keep kicking everybody's butts. We got to show them every night. So maybe it's not enough to have the, the, the best record in the league through four weeks, five weeks, six weeks, eight weeks. We got to do it the whole season. Like, that's good. That's a positive way of channeling perceived disrespect and, and, and constantly giving guys a reason to have an edge. But if it's more of a persecution complex, nobody respects us because we play in Utah. You know, um, no, you know, the referees don't respect us. There's, there's, a, you know, a bias against us. There's no, the league doesn't want us to. That's, and that's why you get fined. By the way, you can say, like, saying a refs missed a call, you may or may not get fined. Refs did this intentionally because it's part of an agenda because the league doesn't want us to win. That's not only running way afoul of the NBA rules on on that discourse, but it's defeatist. It, it's, it's perse- it's a persecution complex, and it's just not even true. Um, there's nothing to that. And if you buy into that as a team, it's one thing to say it in the heat of the moment. I hope they let that go. Because if you internalize that and you think that that's the case, that sounds to me defeatist. That sounds like it doesn't matter what we do, doesn't matter how great we are, we can't win because there's, whether you want to call it a conspiracy, whether you want to call it bias, whatever, that, like I say, to me is defeatist. So I think it's important for them as an organization, whether it's from – the front office, whether it's from Quinn Snyder, whether it's the, the veterans on in that locker room, somebody's got to, like, I think, redirect that conversation and say, guys, look, however we feel about the way things went, we just got to earn it. We just got to keep going out every night and busting our butts and playing great basketball and earn it if we don't think we have the proper respect. Because I'll tell you, look, back in the day, you guys know this, I don't think anybody in the league didn't respect Malone and Stockton in that group. Those teams were respected. They absolutely were. So it's not about location. It's not about market. Um, and I think they need to let go of that narrative as quickly as they can. 
Howard, we do have a half a season behind us now. Outside of the Jazz with the the best record in the league, what surprised you? What didn't you see coming about this season so far? My own backyard. Obviously, the Knicks are, are, are part of that. Nobody saw them. You know, they were most people pegged them as either worst team in the East or you know whatever bottom three in the league, bottom four in the league. That they're actually you know in the proverbial if the season ended today they'd be in the playoffs that they're game over 500 at the break uh, i think is is certainly a surprise so you know put them in that discussion um you know there's been some pri- some surprises to the negative of course you know the Celtics struggles the raptors struggles the heats struggles the mavericks struggles <laughs> um you know, I, I, unfortunately, I think there's more surprises to the, to the negative than to the positive right now. Just a lot of teams that seem to be underachieving, um, and the Eastern Conference just being a, a, a sea of mediocrity in general after the top three teams. So, um, did not see a lot of that coming. Um, and then the other pleasant surprise, of course, is the Suns, uh, who are right behind your Jazz right now in the standings, uh, which uh, you know everybody believed once they got Chris Paul and given their strong play in the bubble that the Suns would make a big move that this would be the year they'd finally end their incredibly long playoff drought but I think we all figured it would be as a sixth seventh eighth seed not as at the moment number two in the in the conference now I don't think they're going to finish there uh, but they they're way better than what we any of us I think anticipated probably than even the Suns anticipated and, and huge credit to Monty Williams in fact we were discussing this on SiriusXM NBA radio uh, earlier today. If I had to do coach of the year ballot right now, Quinn Snyder and Monty Williams are the two guys I think are at the top. Well, Howard, Howard thank you. Oh, How, sorry, go I ahead. Got one more. I got one more for Howard. Uh, we haven't talked with you about this for quite some time now, but uh, and I want to be respectful in bringing this subject up to those who are still suffering with the COVID-19 situation. But do you get a sense that uh, everything is heading in a, in a good direction now, Howard, uh, as far as its overall effect on the league? Knock on wood here. But do you think with the uh, with the uh, distribution of the vaccine and uh, things are getting better as far as the overall vibe in the NBA? I, I have two answers on that, Gordon. Um, and I'm working on something right now regarding this issue. And so I've, I've been on the phone with epidemiologists for the last couple of days to ask them about how the NBA is doing. Um, I think the first answer is that I think the NBA has navigated this pretty well, given the circumstances, right? The the conditions around them are what they are. You can't control everything once everybody's back in their home market. So, yes, there's been 30, 31 postponed games. There's been uh, any number of guys who have missed games because of the protocols, whether they had the virus or were simply potentially exposed and were in contact tracing. So, it's been challenging for the NBA, but I think they've weathered it pretty well, and I think that their protocols – have proven to be the right approach. Human nature can always interfere, right? Like there's no set of rules that's going to perfectly insulate you because it's still about human nature. But they've done pretty well. And I think, you know, the second half of the season, we should expect things to be a little smoother than the first half because the league restarted at a time when this country was at its absolute worst point in terms of infection rate. And infection rates are coming down across the country. So I would expect the second half of the season to be better than the first half for the NBA on that, partially because infection rates are coming down, partially because of vaccine rollouts and increasing vaccinations across the country. But, and this is the second part of it, we see states trying to fully reopen, or they are fully reopening, taking away mask mandates, fully reopening restaurants. Um, there's not an epidemiologist uh, on earth with any credentials or any credibility who would say that that's a good idea at this stage. We're so close to finally getting this thing under control and just pretending it's over and going back to, to normal is really dangerous, especially with these new variants of the virus out there that also might be resistant to the vaccine. So it's a it's a kind of a precarious time, you know, not you know, not for the NBA, but just for society at large on, on the virus. And of course, eventually that affects the NBA. So I, I'm mostly optimistic about where things are heading for the league for the second half of the season, but it does really depend on people still, you know, being smart individually and and within communities so that this does not flare up again and you know undo all the progress howard thank you very much as uh, as always we'll catch you next week thanks again absolutely pleasure guys talk to you then thanks thanks howard back at you howard our friend howard beck senior nba writer for sports illustrated he joins us each 
and every Friday here on The Big Show. We're here at the warehouse today, 1825 South, 300 West. Price is so low to blow your mind. 86 East University Parkway in Orem as well. And uh, Clayton is jumping on with us once again. And uh, it, let me just say this. Uh, the boss was a little grumpy with you because you're breaking out the big deals, Clayton. <laughs> I told you. I, mean, I think people thought I was joking when I said, uh-oh, my mom walks in. She's she's the boss. Let's <laughs> Let's wrap this up. She said, Clayton, that's too low. Yeah, she. I told you, she's my mom's fierce, man. I'm scared of my mom still. But the cat, the cat's out of the bag now. I mean, we can't. No, we're not know, going back on it. We can't go back Sorry. on it. I mean. <laughs> Sorry, Mom. <laughs> need forgiveness. Hey, my dad was always the it's better ask forgiveness and permission kind of guy. My mom's not that no. way. No. <laughs> anyway. And I think I uh, fell off of the old, old man's a little bit more. Yeah, hey, it's about moving furniture. And you're taking care of our listeners. It's great. Hey, two for one. There you go. Speaking of Orem and two for one deals, I wanted to. I feel like we've kind of abandoned Orem and not talked about them. So let's get into let's get into Orem and talk about the deals. Orem is so important right now because, as we've mentioned it, and we're going to continue to mention it. We're closing the Orem store, so everything has to go. I do not have room to bring everything from Orem down to Salt Lake, and even if I did have room, I wouldn't want to do it, Jake. Right, I wouldn't either. Because it it falls on my shoulder. (laughs) And when my dad was here running the stuff, I could do these kind of sort of things. And eh, it wasn't wasn't the best and funnest thing to do, but I could do it. Now that I'm doing all this, there's no way that I can do that. So everything has to go. Let's talk about some king-size iron rod bed frames. I I have the headboard and the footboard and the rails that go to it. It's just a metal frame that connects to the both of them. I'm doing it. For seventy-five bucks, wow! So How if about you need that? if you need some sort of king bed situation, we're doing that king iron rod bed for seventy-five wow. bucks. Also, we have ottomans going for ten dollars. Um, adjustable bases as well. We're doing a solid king adjustable base at nineteen ninety-nine, and that that that's the that's the base you know that basically. It's a head-up, foot-up. It has all the bells and the whistles. Um, we're doing the solid king at nineteen ninety-nine, and we're also doing the split king at twenty-two ninety-nine. Now, that split king is going to come with the Made in USA gel mattress as well. How about that? So I know we've talked a lot about queen uh, adjustable bases, and we've talked a lot about uh, the great deal that we're doing with the queen size. But, you know, sometimes married couples like my dad, we got to go king. Right? Absolutely. It'll so change your life. So I think this brings it I think this brings it into perspective of how good my queen deal is yep. because I mean, the king deal is incredible. A solid king base for 19.99 and I'll, you know what? I know my mom's over there looking at me. Forget it. If you buy the base this weekend only, I'm going to throw in at 19.99, I'm going to throw in the Made in USA gel mattress. Wow, throwing it in? If you throw and and if you if you don't want the gel, it's it's the memory foam gel infused. If you don't like the memory foam, fifty dollars more will get you the hybrid. So the springs on top, the memory Sweet. foam on top of springs. Nineteen ninety nine solid king, split king twenty two ninety nine, and of course we have the our queen size deal of the century. We're calling it the Vidal special, which is the queen adjustable head up foot up. Thousand bucks nine nine ninety nine with the individual pocketed five zoned uh, coiled queen size mattress and the mattress. Uh, I mean, you're just not that's gonna find mattress that anywhere. and adjustable base. Not going to find cheaper it anywhere. than anywhere else. You're going to do it. All right, take advantage of it. Eighteen twenty five South, three hundred West. Got the boom down. Of course, that's I good. Do. Yeah, that's really I'm the good. one that taught my dad that word. <laughs> Eighty six East University Parkway uh, for the Orem location. We'll have more big show coming up next. Ninety seven five and twelve eighty the zone. Slow Mo Joe. The Joe Ingles Show with DJ and PK. So we know what Rudy and Donovan said after the Philadelphia game. If Joe Ingles would have been on the Zoom call taking questions, what would he have said? My fine would have already been out already. And if it was fine, it would be double whatever they're going to get. <laughs> 
part of it too is the heat of the moment as well. And I'm going to have to tiptoe the line here. Obviously, there were some things that went on that we felt could have gone more towards our way than the other way. But you try and flank them out. You try and not let them be a part of it or not let them affect you. But we're all humans and things affect us. And it is what it is. Hopefully, after the break, none of them will calm down and we'll be back to playing basketball again. Oh, yeah. Catch Jazzman Joe Ingles with DJ and PK every Thursday morning at 9 a.m. on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. This is The Big Show with Gordon Monson and Jake Scott, presented by Big O Tires. Stop by your locally owned Big O Tires for no credit needed financing and the best prices on winter tires. Big O Tires, the team you trust. This is 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Big Show, Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Thank you very much for making us a part of your day. We've got the Not Sports Report coming up at 4.50. Ben Anderson, our friend from KSL Sports, will join the show at the top of the 5 o'clock hour. So stay tuned for that. I'll be looking forward. I'll look forward to uh, hearing what Ben has to say about the, the latest round of controversies surrounding the Utah Jazz. What did you think of what Howard said about that? Uh, I think he leaned a little bit more toward me, and I'm sorry that I uh, probably was inaccurate in my summation of your thoughts. <laughs> but, uh, I, you know, maybe the truth is in there somewhere. Who knows? Well, I'm not surprised that a national media guy uh, would have that opinion, uh, who covers the whole league. I, that, that, that didn't shock me. Uh, I agree with Howard a lot of the time, but I don't. I don't think I agreed with his uh, total assessment of this. Uh, but when I did. when I talked to him about how you know the physical play and that sort of thing, you know, he he got into that a little bit. I I think that's a big part of the problem. I think, you know, when other teams are roughing up the Jazz perimeter guys. Well, for example, he talked about uh, Donovan Mitchell mission, missing shots in that Philly game. How many layups did Donovan Mitchell miss because he was fouled? At oh, one way I don't or think another. It was, I don't think oh, I think funny. it was a bunch. But I don't want to get caught up in that argument. Okay. I really don't. But I think that the issue is that these teams are playing the Jazz extremely physically and then don't get the reciprocating treatment on the other side, right? You know, I thought the example, and again, I don't want to split hairs on, on particular calls, but the, the example, uh, you heard Joe Ingles mention that he got run over by Joel Embiid and it was a no call. It happened a few times to Rudy, Joe Ingles, and others, but yet the slight of Rudy's forearm is touching Joel Embiid when he's going back up for a putback dunk, and that's that's called. I think if I were the Jazz and, and they were getting away with playing me physical, I could accept it a lot better if I could do the same. Okay. All right. Well, I think it is relatively equal, but that's where we disagree. Well, Donovan doesn't think it's equal. Rudy well, I mean, doesn't yeah, think but it's equal. Play, but they play for the Jazz. What what play, what t- player have you ever thought was being justly treated by the officials? Well, I think that there are plenty of players that are more than justly. Oh man, I've seen guys who, who cry about every call, and, and, and you see it on the replay, it's, and it's a clear foul, and they are absolutely convinced that it it's was. It's not about crying about it. It's about the treatment of the team. It's about referees calling it straight, calling it consistent. It's not about crying or not crying. All right, let's change the subject because you and I are going to get into another argument, and we already we already experienced that. So, and I think most people here in our market agree with you. Well, I, I mean, I do think there is a, a kind of a, an opinion about this market and this team that uh, manifests itself in a variety of different ways. This being one of them. But you go to any market, and they'll say the same, many of the same things. Okay. I don't live in other markets. Nope, you don't. I, I am here, and I cover the jazz, and I watch the jazz play, and I can tell you what I see out there. Uh, I don't know what Philly fans, if Philly fans are complaining about what with referees. I, I Oh, Philly sure. fans complain about everything. Uh, I believe that 100%. Yeah. So I don't, I don't know, but I true. I don't see you know Philly players having a post game like Donovan, Rudy, and Mike Conley did the other day. And by the way, I think the Mike Conley 
uh, uh, comments should speak louder than anybody's because it's not like he's ma- made a living on sour grapes at all, ever. Yep. So if Mike well, Conley feels – And he's out there. Jake, how, look, I, I'm not going to sit here and... – I have seen so many players think that they're getting jobs somehow, and I'm not talking about them individually, also their teams. You've, this, is, this isn't the first time this has happened. Teams feel this way. Players feel this way because they disagree with the calls that the refs are making, and that includes Mike Conley. I mean, I've seen Mike Conley complain about calls. I mean, he doesn't take it too far, which is to his credit, but he lets refs know when he disagrees with what's happened. You know, I I just think that just because a player says it doesn't make it true. But that reaction being so unique, that post game being so unique, that didn't strike you as something different. That just struck you as the same old complaining about calls from guys. I think the I think the Jazz got jobbed in that game. No, but 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 what I, about I Donovan talking about the culmination? What uh, what about him saying that this has happened in many games in the past? What about that stuff? I don't believe it. Because I don't believe don't it believe happens. It? No, I don't believe it happens to Donovan any more than it happens to most uh, most players of his caliber in the league. See, I don't think Donovan reacts that way unless it's something extraordinary. And yeah. it's not his first year in the league. Well, it was in that particular case. And uh, that's when he uh, – he's obviously upset. But uh, I, I – Okay, maybe it happens to him a little bit more. I don't know. I haven't completely measured it. And people are saying, yeah, but the the, uh, two-minute reports are saying this and that, the Jazz are the most. I mean, even those things are screwed up. You know, we've seen that because they judged that foul on Donovan Mitchell near the end of the game as a just call, and that was stupid. That was the wrong call. And that was the wrong call, so I don't even trust that. But, oh, I don't either. Know, we can agree on that. I don't. I don't trust that either. That's just a waste of time, as far as as far as I'm concerned. But I agree with Howard completely that the Jazz have to. I, I think they should use this as fuel, a little additional fuel, and push. Just absolutely set themselves in a position to succeed for the rest of this season. Didn't and Howard say I, they I need know, to let I know, it all I go? Know, I know every team. I know every team should be motivated like that, and I think the Jazz are motivated in one way or another. They want to win, but I, I think all this stuff that's happened this last week should just—it's uh, like adding a little STP to the fuel. It, it should—it should help them run even smoother uh, if they approach it the right way, and, and, and just prove people wrong. Win. That's the way you do it. That's the way you squelch all this stuff. Go out and say, "Screw you! I'm going to beat you," and don't let don't let uh, little bumps in the road get in your way. We've seen the difference when the Jazz are absolutely dialed in versus when they're not. And if they could somehow use that to their benefit, then guess who the joke is on then? Yeah, uh, didn't Howard tell them to let it? They need to let it all go, or it would be detrimental. Isn't that what Howard said? He his opinion. He said of it was? he said the the idea that they're you know he's you're only remembering half of what he said. The other half he said they could use it as motivation. So use it as fuel, but let it all go. Well, don't don't get the persecution complex going. Got it. You know. Got it. So be persecuted. Use that as momentum. But also let it go. I'm just parroting back what he said. You no, I, I'm trying to process it too. I don't know. Uh-huh. I, I, that's that's really interesting to me. You know, boy, you should hang on to it. You use it to motivate you. Use it as fuel. But man, if you if you don't let it go, it's just going to fester and it's going to hurt you. There, there's a nuance. I, there's a nuance differentiation there that I think you can get, Jake. <laughs> I don't. I don't know. I, I don't know, Gordon. I I think there's something unique about this situation that makes it more than just your um, typical athlete having sour grapes. Okay. Well, I I think they can grab a hold of what's healthy from this. For instance, the LeBron thing. I mean, just get together and say, man, he, he disrespected us. 
But we're going to show him in the games that really matter. And not just by playing head-to-head against the Lakers, which, ironically enough, they do have a couple more games here coming up, don't they? Uh, but to, to go out and, and do it to everybody in the league. And I think they can use it as an additional focus without getting so off track or so out of whack, get, go into some sort of speed weave and, uh, and get lost in that process. But use it as, uh, as, as we've heard a thousand teams say this in the past, that uh, nobody respects us, you know, and then see, watch them use that as uh, added emphasis to uh, accomplish their goal. All right, uh, Nod Sports Report coming up next. Stay tuned. Live from the warehouse, 1825 South, 300 West. Don't forget about the Rome location, 86 East University Parkway. Stay tuned, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Take my photo off the wall if it just won't sing for you. Big Show, Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 12.80 The Zone. Thank you very much for making us part of your day. It is time for the Not Sports Port. We do it every day at this time. It's brought to you by the LHM Used Cars Supermarket. Over 1,000 used vehicles and inventory. Shop online, lhmusedcars.com. Gordon, where are we going today? We're going to uh, we're going over to, uh, the, to England, and then we're going to Tennessee. All right. The first story is, well, it's not really a story. It's just sort of a phenomenon. Have you ever seen an optical illusion? You've seen a picture of something that looked totally different than what the reality is? <laughs> never, not once. <laughs> I, I've never really completely understood these kinds of optical illusions. But there's a picture from uh, over uh, in across the pond of a ship that is hovering in the air as though it's flying like a hundred feet off the ocean. Okay. Apparently the photo was taken uh, by a photographer and uh, a BBC meteorologist uh, said that the superior mirage occurred is what he called it, because of a special atmospheric conditions that bend light. He said the illusion is common in the Arctic, but can also uh, appear at times in uh, the UK during winter. And uh, the guy who took the picture said he was stunned after capturing it while looking out to sea at this ship. And it really, if, if you look up the, look this up online, the ship looks like it's flying. And the uh, meteorologist said these uh, mirages occur because the weather condition known as a temperature inversion where cold air lies close to the sea with warmer air above it. We know a little something about that around here. Since cold air is denser than warm air, it bends light toward the eyes of someone standing on the ground or on the coast, changing how a distant object appears. It's like a flying ship. That's what it looks like. I, I don't know. It's, it's really, I guess you got to see the picture to really appreciate it. The other story is, and I, I, I don't want to laugh too hard at this because it's kind of sad, but there's a story out of the Nashville area where a, a, a woman left a bar and she had had too much to drink and she drove into a ditch. So she called her friend. Her name is uh, Natasha. She called her friend Melville to come help her. And so the guy shows up and he slams into the back of her car because he too has had too much to drink. And police showed up and it turned out that both parties blew over the double, over double the legal limit. So... One one person is driving inebriated, calls for help, and the person she called for help was inebriated. And so they both got busted. I feel like this should be some sort of advertisement for Lyft. 
<laughs> I, I feel like, you know what, they just needed a, a simple app on their phone and they could have solved all their problems. Yeah, yeah, that was, but to, to just lift to, it up, just, just break out the phone, say lift, need a ride home. But a drunk man crashing into a drunk friend who crashed into a ditch. And Not he good. was coming to help. It's just, yeah, I don't know. Maybe the the friend should have said, hey, I know you're in a pickle there, but uh, <laughs> I'm in no condition to operate a motor vehicle. Is that, is one uh, typically able to reason like that in a moment? Like, I don't know because I've, I've never, I've never been drunk. But, this uh, isn't too complicated, Gordon. Listen, if you're, if you're double the legal limit, you know, uh-huh. you shouldn't be operating a car. Well, the guy who ran into the friend's car uh, claimed that he had only, he'd had two beers. But he was double I, the legal limit? That, yes. that friend was lying. Yeah, lying a lot. That's what the police thought. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, the police were right on that one. And that's what did a, the woman that's say? A, that's another, you know how I know this is a meth lab is because this is a meth lab. You know how I know <laughs> you had more than two beers because you, uh, your blood alcohol content is double the legal limit. The woman said she told officers that she had a glass of wine and an espresso martini before driving. <laughs> I don't. I don't think she was being honest either. <laughs> yeah. Well, the truth came. Unless out, it, so. that martini was a gallon martini, one of those special ones. I don't think so. <laughs> I'm not buying it. Okay. All right. All right. Well, thanks for the education because I was unaware as to what causes. What's the most powerful kind of drink that people really need to be careful for with before they drive? Any, and I'm not even trying to be a, a, a smartass. I mean, it's it's science. It's uh, you know, if you have too much of whatever, it's not going to be a good idea. Okay. Well, well said. And probably just about that. anything can be. You can get a little take it too far. So I, I don't yeah. know if there's a, a particular beverage that makes you more susceptible to that, other than just. Just be smart, and especially in today's day and age, uh, you know it's it's pretty easy to dial up Uber and Lyft. You know it's not too tough. Well, so whether you're, you're inebriated or not, if you drive into a ditch, don't call a drunk friend. No, don't don't do that. Uh, call a tow truck or something. It's better. Much yeah, better. All right, we're here at the warehouse, eighteen twenty-five South, three hundred West, the Salt Lake location. Also in Orem, uh, eighty-six East University Parkway. Our good friend Clayton jumping on with us again, and. Uh, I think the boss is gone. Does that mean we can we can start slinging big deals again? Mom's gone. We're close as clear. All right. Let's move some furniture. It's so funny because <laughs> growing up, and I know my mom doesn't listen to sports radio, so we're chilling. But growing up, my dad always be like, ah, let's just keep this between me and you, all right? <laughs> like, all right, Dad, I learned at a young age. What? Me and Dad had a special little bond. Well, when it comes to furniture prices, we can we can keep it between us, Clayton. That's all right. Hey, we can keep it right here. Everybody, let's just keep this away from from Nan, all right? Keep this so away what you're Mark. saying, Clayton, is that she's going to come into the store and it's going to be empty and she's going to be happy and then she finds out that you didn't make any money off anything because you were giving it away? Hey, like I said, let's ask for forgiveness rather than permission. <laughs> and I believe in Clayton's method here. Let's let's get the prices rock on. Like, We're going to move more I, stuff. I believe in Clayton. <laughs> Clayton, did you hear what he said? All right, she's gone. Let's move some furniture. <laughs> <laughs> it's because everybody, like, like, okay, here's the thing. When you're on the radio, you're listening, you're thinking, yeah, sure, these guys are doing some kind of gimmick. No. Literally, when I got off the radio, my mom stood up from behind the, ki- the computer and said, hey, excuse me, th- if it's too cheap, I'm going to say something. And <laughs> that happened. That, that literally 100% happened. 100% happened. And Jake was kind of like, oh, gosh, you Ooh. were kidding. <laughs> and I was like, that's my mom. No, but you guys are you're a family business. This is, this is what you do. This is your, your family gig. You guys are all involved. Yeah, you guys been you've been you've been lying to mom for uh, twenty five years now, right? Oh, come on! I wouldn't say lying, Gordy. Don't go that far. <laughs> so some low prices didn't hurt anybody. Come on, right? Yeah, you know we keep we keep some things between Tom and Clayton. That's about you know that's it. Uh, that's it's it. all good. Speaking of keeping things between Tom and Clayton, I just want to review a little bit. We did some awesome deals today, so let's hit on them again. Yeah, let's do it. Let's nail on them. I have a king 
and queen. It's a white, glossy, all wood with like a leather, silver leather padded headboard. It's a bed, the complete bed, headboard, footboard rails. Two ninety nine in a king, two forty nine in a queen. I also have a blue velvet sleigh bed. We're doing the queen. It's queen only. I sold all the kings. Normally eleven ninety nine. We're selling it for three ninety nine, and that's a platform bed. All right. That's here in Salt Lake, and also we're doing a dresser and a chest. This is our the best dresser and chest deal we've done. Uh, real wood, really good quality. We're going five ninety nine for the set. That's dresser and chest. If you want the chest alone, two ninety nine. Want the dresser alone, three ninety nine. Now I want to jump over to Orem. All right. What I just spoke was about. What I just said was here in Salt Lake, and I want to jump to Orem. In Orem, I've got four different California King platform beds. Oh wow! Well, now what does platform bed mean? It means you don't need the box spring. Okay. So you can save a little bit of money on the box spring. On these platform beds, I've got a red. It's like there's a beautiful red, and I went to East High. Shout out to any alum from East High. Go Leopards. We're not the Wildcats like the musical. We're definitely the Leopards. It's an East High red, beautiful fabric, headboard, footboard, platform. So uh, kind of in style right now, platform beds. These beds are normally $9.99. Nah. Let's get rid of it. We got to rid of everything. We got to get rid of everything in Orm. I'm going $3.99. Wow. Any Cal King platform bed in Orm. I got that red one. I got two different gray models. I got a white leather model. And I have a white leather with two storage doors down at the feet. Sweet. The two storage door, white leather. It's normally twelve ninety nine. Forget it. I'll keep it at the three ninety nine while supplies last. That's a better bed. It has storage, so if that one goes first, so be it. All California King uh, platform beds down Orem three ninety nine. Go see Uncle Clayton. Go see my little brother. I might stop down there tomorrow uh, if my body can keep up. I'm, 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 we're going Monday to Monday here. Jake. It's nuts, yeah. We're going hey. 11 You guys are 7. making it happen, though. Making it happen. Yeah, you're making it I'm not going to complain. If I did, no one would want to hear it. Yeah, exactly right. Boom. All right, take advantage of it. Uh, you heard about the, the deal down in uh, Orem, 86 East University Parkway, or if you're here in Salt Lake, 1825 South, 300 West. Ben Anderson joins the show next, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Now let's get this party started. This is Hans Olsen and Scotty G on the Zone Sports Network. Rudy Gobert, Donovan Mitchell, embarrassed on a national stage. Taken last, they probably feel like they were slighted. You go back to February 24th, Jazz, they beat the Lakers by 25. Yes. LeBron does not like getting his nose rubbed in anything, let alone a 25-point beatdown to the Utah Jazz. This is psychological warfare. Utah Jazz players, play with that extra edge, that mentality, that physicality that you'll be unstoppable and avenge the city there would never be a better time for the utah jazz to win a championship so we could all look at the rest of the country and be like ha see you don't got to be number one or two market in the country to have a championship team hanson scotting weekdays from 10 to 2 on 97.5 1280 the zone in the zone sports network